G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you may be aware, the growing level of sexual exploitation of women in Australia, it is significant. Dignity and self-worth are arguably being trampled underfoot. And apart from some advertising and social media campaigns, Well, governments appear powerless to address the real threat. On social media, women are being encouraged to be a part of the Me Too campaign in an effort to prevent sexual abuse against women in society. All the while, pornography and prostitution are rampant, advertising standards are full of loopholes, the internet's being exploited, and what's coming out of Hollywood doesn't provide much hope for lasting solutions. So let's talk sexual exploitation today, and you can be a part of our conversation. Wendy Francis heads the Centre for Human Dignity, and she's also Queensland State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby, and I must say, another cap that she wears, uh, straight off the plane this morning from attending the funeral of Billy Graham on the weekend. Uh, She was, uh, of course, Billy Graham... The the funeral itself uh, was overnight Friday night, our time, and an amazing celebration of Billy Graham. Uh, Wendy Francis on the board of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, another of the caps that Wendy wears. And a special welcome back to Australia, getting off the plane this morning and back to 2020. Hello, Wendy Francis. Well, it's really nice that you're one of the first people I'm talking to now, I have to say, because I did. I got off the plane at 8.30 this morning, and it has been a wonderful time. Now, I've already mentioned a little earlier in promoting the fact that we'd be talking right now that uh, if you're watching the YouTube uh, clip of the Billy Graham funeral, as I did on Saturday, uh, I watched the whole thing really start to finish. And uh, Wendy Francis, your smiling face, and I wasn't looking for you especially 10 rows back, but you were just 10 rows back from Donald Trump. Uh, You had a pretty good view of everything at that point. Look, I did. I did. And um, it, it was an amazing event to be part of. Of course, Billy Graham's uh, the death, his, the news of his death sort of went right around the world because he's someone that, that is very uh, highly regarded and his integrity never seems to have been in doubt. And so um, it, it was a, a funeral that there were, um, the president was there, the vice president was there, there was a number of different um, uh, religious leaders that were there, um, you know, people that that we hear of uh, all the time, and so it was it was exciting to be part of it. But I guess above all of that, it was just a wonderful expression of God's love uh, for mankind because the the gospel was preached over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, you looked around and you saw people like Ravi Zacharias and people like that there, and you just realised the high regard that that um, they held. Graham in so it, it was wonderful to be part of it. Interestingly uh, the idea that came out in one of the eulogies is that everyone has a 
Billy Graham story. There's some sort of connection somewhere. And yeah. uh, even Donald Trump had his own Billy Graham story. His father was a huge fan and even took uh, Donald Trump along to a Billy Graham crusade back in the late 50s. Uh, everyone does have a Billy Graham story, and you'd be very familiar with that idea, of course, uh, with your role uh, with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association here in Australia. It's true, and particularly here in Australia, because you know, back in the in the Crusades, and particularly in 1959, I think it was one in three Australians actually went and heard Billy Graham somewhere where he was here in Australia. He still holds the record for the highest crowd at the MCG, and that will never be beaten now because the, the crowd were all over the grass, places where you're not even allowed to go now. So his his record for attendance still holds that. So it's pretty special, and um, I think. In his death, a lot of people have been caused to reflect back to decisions that they made potentially all that time ago uh, that they have have possibly walked away from even 50 or 60 years ago. And I think people have been caused to reflect on what they, they decided back then and perhaps have gone a bit cold on. So that's been a good thing as well. Just I think um, his passing has, has brought blessing even as his life did. As you might expect at the funeral, uh, Franklin Graham, Billy's son, uh, closed out the funeral and uh, and repeated really what was the central theme in the message that Billy Graham brought to the world, that mm. salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. Uh, it was a fitting way, wasn't it, to have a celebration and a send-off like that at a funeral uh, for Franklin to be a preacher of the gospel, to reinforce those things that his father taught. Absolutely. And um, it, it, the theme came through right throughout, but Franklin really brought it home at the end. Interestingly, because I was over there, the US media, um, most of the media was very positive about the funeral and also about Billy Graham. But the, um, they're not as positive with Franklin because they see him as being more divisive. I think in Billy Graham's day, he didn't have to speak out against some of the things that Franklin has had to speak out against. And so when Franklin um, gave the invitation to follow Jesus, in the U.S. press, they actually spoke of it as they, they used the word barb, B-A-R-B, a, a barb, because they said that he, he said in his message that, um, that many would want you to believe that there are many roads to God, but it's not true, and that is just political correctness. And so he, he said there is only one way to God, and the media reported that as being a barb in his message. And yet it was exactly the same message as his dad would have given. Yes, and uh, that sort of political correctness overflows even, I'm sure, into the Australian media, and you'd have your own perspectives about that, uh, that it's harder these days for the Christian message to have a level of prominence because of this sort of growing political correctness. Uh, That is something that we do battle with day to day. Absolutely, because our message really is an offence to people because we are saying that Jesus is the only way. Because Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's the only message that we have. If we are followers of Jesus, then that's our message. And so that that is offensive to the pluralistic society that we live in and a society that anything goes and your truth might be okay for you but I have a different truth myself and we can't go along with that because Jesus said I am the way I am the truth and so when we 
follow Jesus, we know that there is one truth, and that is Jesus, and that is an offence to the that is an offence to the world. Well, Wendy Francis, uh, we are glad to have you back safely, and I'm certainly glad that it was you representing us Aussies there as uh, one of the thousands who turned out for the funeral of Billy Graham on the weekend. It draws us to what we're going to talk about today. And, of course, this idea that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that his life sets the standard for our levels of morality, the way we look about at ethics, the way we look at uh, sexuality, our humanity. I mean, Jesus is just uh, the complete one because he is uh, the Son of God. Uh, when we mm-hmm. talk about the Centre for Human Dignity, this is a centre that you've founded and it really does address issues of sexual exploitation and there are Christian standards and a Christian appreciation we can bring to a discussion about sexual exploitation. Uh, what was it that really sort of uh, captured you about uh, forming the Centre for Human Dignity? Uh, because this issue is a really hot topic right now in Australia and around the world. I think, um, Neil, as a grandmother myself, I, I look at my grandchildren, uh, but I also look at the children in Australia and I just see such an enormous um, confliction of interest for, for what we are, we are imposing on them. We are imposing a highly sexual um, environment for them to grow up in and I don't think there is any research that doesn't actually say that um, being sexualised early in life is is a harmful thing for children. And so for me, it is a lot about children, but it is also about the women. And you mentioned women, because women, are the you talk to somebody like Hetty Johnston or someone who is in the domestic violence arena, Rosie Batty, and they will say to you that the pornification of our society, the sexualisation of our society is very much a part of what we're seeing with in regards to, to domestic violence. And so women and children are the most vulnerable. doesn't mean that they're the only victims in sexualisation, but they certainly are the most vulnerable. And we as the church are the ones with the answer. We are the ones who, who know what it is to be pure. We are the ones who, when we go to the scriptures, we read, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. So the way that we actually stay pure is living according to God's word. We're the ones with the answer. And that's why I felt strongly to start the Centre for Human Dignity. Well, Wendy, I want to invite our listeners to join in our conversation today because there are some significant things that we can talk about. One of those being the way that Christian men and women conduct themselves, the way we conduct ourselves as followers of Christ, as ones who would acknowledge Jesus, the Son of God, and uh, the ethics and uh, the morality that we have as part of our Christian faith, how we conduct ourselves is going to be an important part of any sort of battle like this. When you discuss the issues around the Centre for Human Dignity and all of these issues, and of course it's easy to be negative, but there has to be somehow rather a positive proactive approach that Christian believers need to have. When we talk about Christian men and women, the way we conduct ourselves, what are your encouragements for us to perhaps be uh, not only mindful of, but uh, walking the walk, uh, walking the talk? What are your thoughts? Mm. So important, um, this, this understanding of who we are in God and how he made us. And so we've got to go back to the question, what is biblical womanhood? What is biblical manhood? And we come back to the 
to absolutely knowing that God designed the bodies and brains of men and women um, to work differently, and he also designed us to fulfill complementary roles. A man doesn't need to act like a woman because he can't ever be a woman. Um, he doesn't process information like a woman. Um, his entire being is male, and the same is true for women trying to be men. I do think, you know, we can get into this very deep because we can go back to the curse even in the beginning um, in, cre- in creation. But uh, the the thing about uh, where we've got to start is we start at the same place because in Galatians um, it says that there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And so in Christ we have equal values. And we have equal responsibility then to obey and serve God. But because we are equal doesn't mean that we are the same. We have complementary roles and that is how God designed us to be. And so we've got to understand, got to go back to understanding that. And with um, that equality before God, I believe that there needs to be a respect a great deal of respect. And we've got to get back to understanding what God said. Even when we're talking about sexual purity, Jesus made it pretty tough. He said to to, to the guys, if you lust after a woman, you have committed adultery in your heart. And so we we need to stop whitewashing um, sexual impurity and and we need to get back to what God expects us to be, uh, men and women acting towards each other. Um, sorry, I'm getting on my hot horse here a little bit. Um, I'm sorry if I went on too long there now, but I just I feel so strongly about that we need to understand who we are in Christ, and that's where we actually uh, then can understand our womanhood or understand our manhood. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Wendy Francis, our guest from the Centre for Human Dignity, and we're talking through issues ex- sex- sexual exploitation today. And you might like to join our conversation on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts. Uh, let me just name a whole lot of the problems up front, Wendy Francis, because I, I'm mm-hmm. sure we could actually have an hour conversation on every one of these. But yeah. uh, there's, uh, in the Northern Territory, uh, prostitution legislation that's now uh, under debate. Uh, Pornography as uh, you are now talking about it and we need to talk about this a whole lot more Uh, not just something that happens you know by the wayside but a public health issue, a health crisis pornography. Then there's the issues of outdoor advertising and you've been a long time campaigner for making outdoor advertising G rated and then there's the issue even of uh, major shopping centres like Westfields uh, doing all sorts of things that blur the lines uh, when it comes to uh, gender and they're running a, a drag show the intention was uh, last Friday to have a special drag show in the Pitt Street Mall in Sydney I mean these are just naming problems uh, out of those what one stands out to you as, as one of the biggest threats we're facing Now it's hard to pick which one would be the biggest but I, I was particularly outraged about the Westfield drag show uh, the, the advertising for that would be something that I would never share with anybody because it was so extremely sexually explicit and what we're talking about here now is moving adult entertainment into public spaces where it was midday they held it at midday uh, and so we had adult entertainment highly um, sexualized uh, entertainment and you're not buying a ticket so we're not talking about adults choosing to go to an adult entertainment um, event 
we're talking about it being uh, foisted on people in Pitt Street Mall. So one of the most um, highly visible, highly uh, trafficked mall in our country and Westfield shopping centre that should be a shopping centre that invites families to participate in family events runs this. Now, you know, this this goes back to also the advertising because Westfield also have um, not responded well to advertising standards board decisions about advertising in their shopping centres. So it's, it's really something that we can't just allow our rage to be, um, to, to, to just go away because we think that there's nothing we can do. It's a really hard thing though, Neil, because can I just say that on the one hand, Jesus tells us that the things that he wants us to think about are those things that are good and pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute. So we can't dwell on these things, but neither can we just allow our children to marinate in this super-sexualisation without actually speaking out against it because our children's innocence is too important. Um, So I, I do believe that we've got to speak out against it, but what our mind dwells on needs to be on the good and pure and wonderful things of God. And that's when it comes back to studying his word each day. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts on sexual exploitation of women, uh, of children. Uh, You might even have your own thoughts on men. Uh, Some of these are almost... Uh, fluid uh, by the way the exploitation happens you might have your own comment 1-800-316-316 let's take a call from Joe in Blacktown in Sydney hello Joe welcome along oh hi thank you for taking my call Uh, my pleasure and uh, what are your thoughts on our conversation today well, more often than not, the, um, the, 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 the committed Christians are a voice that is, it is usually the last voice, and it's a very quiet voice. Um, I would encourage any Christians out there to, to um, be a little bit more proactive and outspoken in this area. Um, for example, you, you know, the Safe Schools program, uh, one of the authors admitted that it was a Marxist um, uh, ideology to bring uh, sexualization and, and LGBTQI philosophies into our, our, our schools. Why don't Christian parents uh, write a letter or, or take a stand and say, we're not going to have our children go to school. Let me know when you're teaching this and my child won't be going to school. We need to be speaking to our politicians. The, the, the Christian voice needs to be a strong voice because, uh, after all, we are a Christian nation and we're too often to, uh, too willing to, to roll over and let people walk all over the top of us. And yet we're the ones that have the truth. We're the ones that are empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And we should be the voice of righteousness in our society, and we're not. We're not. We're not being proactive enough. And I just want to congratulate uh, our national prophet Lyle Shelton for going into to politics. That that we would have a strong Christian voice in politics. We need more Christians to stand up and not be antagonistic or or or, or cause friction, but to really speak the word of God into our community with with authority. Joe, good thoughts in there, and some might argue not just being trampled over, but being steamrolled. Uh, let's get a thought or two on some of those things that you're sharing. Wendy Francis. Uh, uh, just congratulations. Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, I think one of the reasons why the church is silent is because we are often complicit in the problem ourselves, and this is something that we need to repent from. So in the past we have seen um, particularly the Catholic Church being involved in in, um, abuse of children. That's one reason why we're quiet. And the other reason why we're quiet is that it would seem as if there are um, 
uh, particularly men, but women as well, indulging in porn, even in the ones in our churches. And so um, this is not a reason why we should be quiet, and I completely agree with Joe, and I certainly applaud Lars Shelton going into politics. We, we must speak out because we are the ones with the answer. Um, but we, we also need to repent of where we have um, ourselves been sinful in this area. So say school stuff that you mentioned, so, so agree with you there as well. Um, so thank you so much for bringing in on that. Good on you, Joe. Thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts on sexual exploitation, a Christian response to that. Let's take a call from Shelby in Brisbane today. Hello, Shelby. Welcome along. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Neil, Elizabeth. Yeah, mate, um, I, 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 you brought up one point, and it's really annoying me. Um, the uh, advertising currently that's been on ABC, SBS, and even Channel 10 when I watched a bit of motorsport um, as regards to all this homosexual Mardi Gras and, and all this thing, and it's so vulgar. I was just talking to a friend the other day. I've actually put in a complaint. You've got to actually put the complaint into the actual television station and then go to the um, censorship um, board and put in the complaint. But you can't do it to them first. You've got to do it to the station and then... Um, go to them but I, I, I've, I've started that process um, because I'm just so annoyed that um, the, the stuff like my friend has young children he's my mechanic friend and um, uh, he was just appalled uh, that his children uh, you know he's sitting down watching even some of the motor racing but even on SBS he watches uh, different shows that um, are documentaries and stuff and some of them are good um, and then you get this stuff Thrown at you. Shelby, you make some really great points there. Um, one of those things, of course, the ABC doesn't technically have advertising, but uh, the sort of editorial that comes through their current affairs and uh, some of the programs that they're presenting, uh, it is a different sort of advertising, but it uh, certainly permeates into the whole uh, uh, viewership on uh, the ABC. But Wendy Francis, uh, just a minute out of news, uh, your thoughts for Shelby? They've absolutely been promoting the Mardi Gras on ABC and it's a very blurred line between advertising and what they're doing and they have been advertising it as a family event to children and it is absolutely shameful. And um, thank you, Shelby, for following up. This is what we've all got to do. We've got to follow up and we've got to put in our complaints. Uh, just quickly, Wendy, uh, the idea of actually making a complaint, uh, some people can't bring themselves to that point, but there's a need for that right now. Oh, such a high need. And if you go to the Centre for Human Dignity's website, there'll be ways that you can do that easily. We make it as easy as we possibly can. Um, but there, we really must speak out about this because, you know, the standard we walk past is the standard we accept and we must not accept this. Uh, Wendy, we'll take some more calls in just a few moments, but uh, let me ask you, as another one of those headlines of the previous week or two, the issue of hazing in universities around Australia and uh, Sydney University at the centre of a huge controversy. Uh, this issue of hazing at universities, it's, uh, it's another sexual exploitation issue too, isn't it? It is, and um, at all reports about it are actually quite sickening. And no one condones this. Uh, we have a toxic culture being allowed to, to happen in our universities. Again, it's a power play, and this is what sexual exploitation ends up being. So it's, in this case, it's older students on younger students, but we, we see it on adults, on children, we see it on men, on women, 
and this is sexual exploitation in its rawest form. But, you know, Professor Catherine Lumby uh, was one of the ones who has spoken out against uh, this hazing and saying she wouldn't let her child live in a residential college. But she is often a spokesperson for football and and she she completely downplays some of the awful behaviour that happens in the football sort of culture as well. So there's an inconsistency that happens all the time in this area. Um, I think we saw it again at the Mardi Gras. Now, Bill and Chloe um, Shorten took their young daughter to the Mardi Gras, took their young daughter to a sexually explicit adult entertainment thing, which is just gross. And if it, if the, can we just sort of think that through? Like if they were at home and they exposed their child to some of the stuff that we know goes on and we've seen happen at the Mardi Gras, that would be seen as child abuse. And yet they take their daughter to the Mardi Gras and they're all smiling and they've got her on her shoulders and it's a really fun thing. Um, it's just the inconsistency for me is breathtaking. Well, the values have changed, haven't they? And uh, we've slidden away from... Uh, what were those Christian values that we held to? Uh, this idea of, uh, you know, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. This idea of not uh, hurting, injuring, causing discomfort or embarrassment, uh, not uh, degrading and humiliating uh, one mm. another. But somehow or other, the values have had a bit of a 180-degree turnaround, Wendy Francis, and and uh, and it's not no one else is going to address these. Unless Christians have some level of awakening here, there's not going to be any fight against these values, is there? Absolutely, because um, the the world at large has rejected the idea that there is a truth. And so we have rejected the truth, we've rejected God's understanding of womanhood and manhood, and the more we work and walk away from that, and the more we turn our back on truth, the more we will accept any sort of perversion that is out there. And this is, I mean, the, the hazing rituals and the misogyny that's, that's obviously rampant, particularly when we're talking about Sydney University, that they're saying it's across every university, is just, um, you know, we're, we're now seeing people calling for it to be criminalised. So we're going to see university students being criminalised. Um, and, and so they, I think it, it's going to have to get to that because we're seeing awful sexual assault in, in the name of hazing. Well, the secular approach is more and more legislation. Let's make yep. a new law against that. Uh, unless you have, and I mentioned this as we were reintroducing where we're at, uh, there are issues of the heart, and these are issues that are not influenced by the fact of raw legislation. Uh, these are issues of the heart that come from relationship with God, uh, the idea that there is a higher power, a transcendence, a law that's above hum human uh, laws that are fought over in a parliament. But the, this sort of law and uh, this character of God, unless there is something that's above where we are, uh, we're not going to be able to actually address these things. All it'll become is uh, just one uh, one might against another. Absolutely, and we read it over and over and over again in the scriptures. We read, "Blessed are the pure in heart." We, we read that God wants us to to um, the, the fear of the Lord is being pure. That's that's what God says as well in His Word. He talks about purity over and over again in Psalm fifty-one. We read, "Creating me a pure heart, O God." And so this is what God calls us to. And as Christians, this is what this is how we must be living. And then in turn. Uh, 
in that purity of spirit, calling on our nation to return back to an understanding of what it is to have an innocence for our children, to have a, a protection for our women, to certainly have a protective um, protection for anyone who is in a position of less power than others. So in universities, as you've just been mentioning, the first year students that are being hazed. So in in our sense of, of, of calling ourselves back to a sense of purity, in a, we've got to lead our nation back to that as well. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. You might like to have your say today. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Let's take some calls. Sativa is in WA. Hello, Sativa. Welcome along. Hi, thank you, Neil, and thank you, Wendy. This is such an important um, uh, topic to talk about. (laughs) Mm. Um, I was just uh, calling because my interest is the effects of the children, like they, they seem um, perhaps insignificant, um, you know, with the, just the low-level pornography, but the effects on the children, but then also the effects of those children or those people that grow up um, and, and how it affects them psychologically, um, just in their, you know, in their relationships, in their marriages, um, and um, depending on the, the you know the level that they've been of pornography they've been exposed to um how it can affect them as adults as well and it's i um come from a background where i was exposed to you know photography and um you know nude nude photos and different things like that but um it, it's like it's as you get older like if it's not recognized or dealt with it can actually still affect you and especially if you're uh, i think when you awaken to god's purity um of heart like you were talking about like that you see it more like how much how um um how intrusive those um you know sativa you're making some great points there and really you're saying that what happens to children affects the outcome in their life in so many different dimensions Uh, wendy francis your thoughts for sativa yeah so grateful to you for bringing in because one of the byproducts of the pornographic society that we are allowing our children to live in and, and the porn is available so readily now in so many different forms but our children are having sex younger and younger they are watching um, violent stuff on the pornography they believe that that's normal um, girls are doing things that they would never normally allow to happen to them boys are thinking that that's normal because that's what they're watching we've divorced love from uh, sexual expression and so it is just a pastime, and what we're seeing is we've got like hundreds of percent of risen um, in gonorrhea and syphilis, and and then we're seeing women being barren from uh, STIs that they didn't even know they've had. So this is this is quite apart from even the spiritual side that you've really mentioned. Just you know, you've you've mentioned that um, that that what happens to your consciousness, what happens to your spirit. Uh, when we are um, when we rob our children of their purity, but there's a very real physical um, response as well, and we are we are in a crisis. Our nation is in a crisis. Thank you so much, Sativa in WA. Let's take a call. Penny is in Tasmania. Hello, Penny. Welcome along. Hello, Neil. Hello, Wendy. Yes. Hello, Penny. Yes. Um, look, I can totally relate to most of what. Well, all of what you've been saying but here's my perspective which is 
that I am a very small adult person who has to shop in, say, Best and Less, Target, forget Myers, <laughs> we don't have David Jones, but I have to buy children's clothes. And what I object to, things like skulls on yeah. girls' clothes, even boys' clothes, and I find that really objectionable, and I have said it to the staff, of which they don't really like, and some of the staff have actually agreed with me, but the styles of girls' clothing might suit me as an adult, but I don't think they're right for girls to be wearing. So I'm very aware of that. I have a heightened awareness. Mm, Penny, you've made an important point there. And uh, for someone Uh who is uh, smaller in stature and wears children's clothes, bringing Uh that adult perspective to what kids are wearing, your thoughts for for Penny, uh, Wendy? Well, Penny, I love the fact that you've gone and spoken to the staff because that's what we need to keep on doing. Because if nobody says anything, then they just think this is acceptable. But our children, again, are being sexualized even in the clothing that we are making available in places like Target. Um, you know, this is, this is not acceptable. And I understand even what you're talking about with the skulls because we, we often um, make our children wear ugly clothes. And this, again, is a, is, a, is a moving away from what God expected us. But I think sometimes I look at the clothing that I try and buy for my grandchildren and I, I, I'd have to say I wonder, has a pedophile actually designed these clothing? I don't understand it. Why would we dress up our little girls in some of the things that they put there? And so uh, I think this is a really important thing. And again, you've said that you've gone and spoken to the staff. This is what we need to keep doing. We need to keep saying... This is not acceptable. This is not what we're prepared to put our little girls and our little boys in. Hey, there's a good line. Next time you're at the department store and you're buying clothing for the kids, has a pedophile designed these clothes? (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much to Penny. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Steve in Parks in New South Wales. Hi, Steve. Welcome along. Yeah, good day and God bless you both and all to your listeners. Look, I just rang to back up that Joe about the Safe Schools Program and let me read you a very brief quote from an article by Miranda Devine in the Daily Telegraph, dailytelegraph.com.au, Marxist Mm -hmm. Agenda, a red flag for not-so-safe schools, where where children are bullied as young as uh, toddler age um, to go along um, with this gender role. And a quote that says, government-funded mutations of safe schools are springing up all over, including preschools, where early start teaches toddlers about sexuality, cross-dressing and gender fluidity. Steve, you make a great point, uh, drawing attention to this idea of a cultural Marxist agenda, and this is a very real thing, Wendy Francis. Very real, and you do make a really good point. The safe schools and also there's many different mutations of this program now are designed to teach children that they are sexual beings right from birth. And this again is just a, uh, it's a, it's misconstruing what God actually has created. And our children's innocence is being robbed from them. And the gender fluid stuff is really important, what you brought up as well, because uh, we go back to what we said at the beginning when we're talking about God created two genders. 
He 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 designed us differently to fulfil complementary roles. He designed us as equal before him, but equal doesn't mean the same. And we are confusing our children, and we are seeing huge increase in children being uh, admitted to gender dysphoria clinics right throughout our nation. Thank you so much to Steve from Parks in New South Wales. Let's take a call. Alex is in Essendon in Melbourne. Hello, Alex. Welcome along. Uh, good morning. Uh, yes, I'm, I'd just like to uh, express how God's Word comes across to me. It says, uh, God's Word says, I'm with you when you are with... God says, I'm with you when we are with Him. And God's Word is, for that reason, most important. And I, I look at, uh, and as far as Christians go, I look at Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 9, regarding women in the like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel and shamefacedness. Shamefacedness, so modesty. And then I think, you know, when I see women with makeup in, in, in a Christian, uh, in a church or, you know, revealing type of uh, outfits, that's, and, and then their, their children... Will will be exactly the same way. They'll they'll be inclined to do the same thing. And the, the problem starts with us. It always does start with us. That's God's word teaching me that way. All right. Thank you so much, Alex. Your thoughts for Alex, Wendy? I think it's a good point. I really think it is. I think uh, we walk through the shopping centre and we see the way that young girls are even um, being normalised to wear uh, suggestive clothing every day. And this is part of um, the culture that we are developing. And so as Christians, we need to be um, wearing clothes that are an example to the younger women and, and showing them how, um, how our dress is a reflection of Christ in us as well. Thanks, Alex. In Essendon, uh, let's take one more call. Larry is in Emerald in Queensland. Hello, Larry. Welcome along. Hello. How are you doing? Very good. What are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? Um, just to add to the um, you know, complaining to the, to the store about the clothing that they're selling and things like that, you actually need to take it one step further because the staff really aren't responsible for that decision-making type process. You need, to, you need to contact the head office of the store, the manufacturer of the clothing. They are the people who are putting it out there. Not so much the staff who are just having to sell it. Sort Great of thing. point, because uh, all those big department stores, they have buyers who are buying this uh, in bulk and uh, oftentimes coming uh, you know, in huge container loads of clothes. Uh, your thoughts on, on who you actually talk to, Wendy Francis? Yeah, that's, a, that's actually a really good point, and I should have said something about that too, because the, the worst thing to do is to give um, a staff member a hard time because of something they're selling. When it's a big department store like Target, um, and we were mentioning Target, it is okay to pick up the clothing and take it to the counter because they they then can actually speak to their manager and that, that's one way of doing it. But um, definitely, if it's a small store, um, to walk in and just say how disgusting something is is really um, awful for the staff member because they haven't done the ordering. And so what, what's your point there is really good. Um, so thank you for ringing in and saying that because... It's the um, it's the actual store that you need to complain to. It's the actual orders, the, the one who are ordering it. It's easier when it's just a big a big department store because you can take them straight to the counter. Um, but when it's a smaller store, it's often uh, you know a university student even working behind the counter and they've had nothing to do with 
actually ordering the stuff, so it's a really good point. Thank you so much to Larry from Emerald in Queensland. Uh, we'll put a line under the calls there. And back in just a few moments, uh, a few final thoughts for our conversation on just how Christians, men and women, ought to conduct ourselves. Issues like modesty, uh, flirtation, uh, a model of Christian manhood or womanhood. Back with more in just a few moments. Wendy Francis is our guest. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Just a couple of minutes remaining in our conversation. Wendy Francis, our guest. Wendy, when we talk about the challenge that faces all Australians, uh, whether we be Christian or non-Christian, it's non-Christian people too uh, hate the idea that their children or that uh, women or even men would be sexually exploited. Uh, the way we as Christians, though, take a leadership role here, how we conduct ourselves, your thoughts quickly on that issue. Look, I think, you know, everything that we do needs to come to ground in the Word of God. And when God talks about womanhood, He's talking about that our beauty is not an outward adornment, it's talking an inner self. And so what God, the world looks on the outside, God looks on the heart. And so for women and men, it's our inner self that God is actually looking to impact. So there is an issue here of uh, what happens on the insides that affects what our behaviours are on the outside and issues like the way we dress, uh, issues of modesty, uh, issues of the way we relate, uh, even comes down to the idea of being flirtatious. Uh, these sorts of things, they create a new level, a new uh, model, don't they, for the way that we conduct ourselves as Christian believers? They do. And so for men, I think they've got to go back to how God expects them to treat women, how God expects them to keep their way pure, and that is by living according to his word. He says, if you lust after a woman, you have committed adultery. So he sets a very high standard. So for men, it is keeping their way pure. And for women, God tells them, your beauty doesn't come from outward adornment, doesn't come from your hairstyle or your gold jewelry or your fine clothes. It comes from a beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. It comes from your inner self. And neither of those um, attributes for men or the women is actually achievable without us living in God, in Christ, in the Holy Spirit. We can't just do this on our own. This is something that is imbibed to us through the Holy Spirit. And so both men and women, equal in God's sight, created differently for a different purpose, complementary, um, but equal, uh, and we're both depending on God for, for I guess, to, to achieve everything that God actually wants to do through our womanhood or through our manhood. Wendy, the Centre for Human Dignity, there is a website. Uh, remind us how people can actually check on that website and see the sorts of issues you're addressing. So it is just centreforhumandignity.org.au, um, just one word. And I'd love people to connect because this is something that uh, we need many voices speaking out against. This is not something that one voice can actually say, but every single voice does make a difference. So I'd love people to connect um, and I'd love to be part of a movement to call Australians back to a sense of understanding that, that purity really does matter, innocence for our children really does matter, and, and our children's innocence is not something that we should just ignore. 
Well, Wendy Francis, want to honour you for showing such a diligent and powerful form of leadership in this area. I'll point our listeners to centreforhumandignity.org.au. That's the website. You'll be able to find out about the initiatives. You'll be able to find articles there written about some of the most current issues that have uh, reared their heads. Uh, Wendy Francis is leading that Centre for Human Dignity. You might like to connect. You might like to support. Uh, Wendy, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you so much, Neil. It's always a privilege to talk to you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.